Our sermon text for this week comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13. We'll read in two different places as we read both the parable of the sower and then Jesus' explanation of the parable to his disciples. We'll begin with Matthew 13, verse 1. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. And then Jesus explains the parable to his disciples beginning in verse 18. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. That is what, the, that is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on the rocky soil, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when troubles or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of this world and the lure of wealth choke the word and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would continue to generously and extravagantly sow your seed into our lives. The Lord, help us to prepare our hearts to receive what you're so anxious to give so that we might bear fruit for your kingdom. Lord, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. I am amazed at how extravagant God is with giving love. God wants to give abundantly more than we're ever ready to receive. Now, I'm not talking about financial wealth or cars or mansions. The gifts of God are more like the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. God is eager to give those things, more eager than we are to receive it. He is extravagant in his giving. Jesus describes that by talking about a farmer, uh, a, a scene that the crowd would have seen over and over again. The farmer takes his seed bag out and straps it over his shoulder, and inside that seed bag is what will feed his family for the coming year. That seed is precious, it's valuable, it's one of the most important things the farmer has. If there's no crop, then there's no food. He, he can't run down to the local grocery store. He's got to grow the food, and so in that bag is one of the most important things in his life. But Jesus describes him sowing. He, he digs down deep in that seed bag. And then he scatters it broad. Just throws the seed everywhere with little concern for where it falls. That's, that's the extravagance that I'm talking about. 
Uh, that most precious thing the farmer has, he scatters broadcast over a whole area, knowing that not all of it is going to feed his family, knowing that some of that seed will be taken away, that it will never produce a thing. And yet the farmer sows anyway. Jesus is telling us that's how God is, that, that God sows his word into our lives, that he sows that fruit of the Spirit into our lives, even when we're struggling with it, even when we're rejecting it. In fact, Jesus says some of that seed is going to fall on the hard paths that are around that plot of farmland. And whatever falls on the paths, the birds are going to quickly come and take away it. It'll never take root. It'll never feed the farmer's family. The farmer throws it out there anyway. But Jesus says that this is like those who, uh, who hear the word, but it, it can't take root in their hearts. They, they're not ready to receive what God wants to give them. Their lives, their hearts just aren't yet prepared for what God wants to sow into their lives. And they miss out on that blessing. They miss out on the opportunity of receiving what God wants to give reminds me of a story from my early days in ministry right here in Tuscaloosa. I was working with Campus Life Youth for Christ uh, just down the road here. Uh, we were doing a meeting one, uh, one Thursday night. I was in charge of the junior high ministry. We had about 60 or so junior highers gathered in our teen center. Some of you may remember it as the old racket club right there off 15th Street across from University Mall. We were uh, we were in the teen center and we had about 60 or so kids there. We were going through our program, but there was one guy, one, one junior hire that was just giving us fits. He kept disrupting everything we tried to do. He was being abusive towards my fellow staff. He was, he was destroying the whole program, to be real honest with you. And uh, for perhaps maybe the only time in my ministry, the only time I can remember, I actually had to have somebody removed. We had to actually make him leave the room because he was disrupting everything else we were trying to do. That was a rough night. It got rougher in a sense. Uh, since I was the director, I was one of the last to leave. I locked, up, locked the doors and turned off the lights and walked out to the parking lot and found this guy waiting for me. And, uh, and a little bit of a threatening move. He kept reminding me he had a pocket knife in his back pocket. I don't know if that was a threat or if he was just proud of it. But he was not happy at being thrown out of a youth meeting. We began to talk, and he softened a little bit and began to tell me some of his story. He lived a rough life in his 14 or so years. Uh, he was from a broken home. He had, uh, he had had pretty extensive experiences with drugs and with alcohol, with promiscuity. He wasn't doing well in school and really didn't have any close friends in his life. He had lived a very, very difficult young life. As we talked, he, he admitted to me that there was something missing in his life. He talked about feeling like there was a void, an empty place in his life. And we talked, maybe he was using all of those other things to try to fill that void. He admitted they weren't working. I pleaded with him that night. I said, well, you've tried everything else. Would you try Jesus? Would you, would you try believing this story? See if it makes any difference for you. We talked for an hour or more that night, standing in the parking lot right there. 
He just wasn't willing. He wasn't yet willing to receive. He walked away that night. I never saw him again. I never heard from him again. I have no idea what happened to him. But his story reminds me that some people are not ready to receive what God wants to give. Maybe you know people like that. Maybe there are people in your family like that. Maybe friends, many of us have spent hours praying for people that we know that have hardened their hearts to, to the things of God. And it breaks our hearts. But I want you to hear this in, in the parable that the, the, the farmer never gets angry at the hard soil. The, the far, there's no complaint in the farmer about the path. It's just not there. As Jesus explains the parable, he shows no anger towards the path. God, is, God was not angry with that 14-year-old guy that wasn't ready to receive. God is not angry with those people that we know, or with us even, when we have those times in our lives when we're not receptive to what God wants to do. God doesn't give up on us. In fact, I love the story because, you know, that farmer's been sowing that field for year after year, and every year, apparently, he throws the seed out again on that same soil. God doesn't give up on us. And so even if there's somebody in your life who is resistant, God keeps sowing. God keeps giving extravagantly. God keeps loving extravagantly until one day when that seed finally soaks in. I have great hope in that and great, find great encouragement from the scriptures that I had one night to sow in that boy's life. But I'm confident that God continued to sow. And I'm very hopeful that at some point that young man found joy and peace and love. But Jesus goes on though. Some of the seed fell among uh, rocky soil. Some fell among thorny soil. And in both cases, the, uh, the seed quickly grew up, but it didn't last long. Uh, it didn't have deep enough roots, so under the, under the scorching sun, it faded away, or it got strangled out by the thorns. In, in both of those cases, they remind us, uh, these, are, these are those people who, uh, who have been informed. They've heard the word, and they've, they've accepted the idea of it, at least. They are informed, although maybe not yet transformed. These are people who might very quickly uh, listen to our story and believe they're baptized into our church. They, uh, they buy into our story. They buy into our creeds. They, they show belief. But for some, it just hasn't translated into action. For some, they are good at talking the talk, but not walking the walk. And I'm very familiar with that because I see it in my own life. I remember times in my own life when that described me very well. And to be honest with you today, there's still times in my life where it describes me. Where I am well informed and not so well transformed. I remember one of those times I was, uh, I was a new pastor serving up in Winfield, up on the northern edge of Fayette County. Uh, Back in those days, this is 1988-89, uh, rural areas, like where we live in North Bay County, rural areas did not have roadside trash pickup. So uh, whenever the trash collected at the parsonage, I had to put it in the back of my car. I had a, 
uh, Toyota Tercel EZ hatchback. I put it in my hatchback and I would have to drive it down to the local dump, a, uh, a series of probably 12 or 15 of those green dumpsters, just about a mile away from the parsonage. I hated that trip. I hated having to take trash to the dumpsters. I, I just, I dreaded it every time it came up, not just because of the dirtiness or the smell, although I didn't like the smell to be honest, uh, it wasn't really those that made it such a difficult trip. It was a hard trip because I knew who I would find when I got there. More often than not, when I went to the dump, I found people there that were sorting through other people's garbage, looking for the treasures of aluminum cans that they might sell to help make their way. I remember this particular time, it was time to go to the dump. I put it off as long as I could. I threw the bags in the, in the back of my hatchback and I headed off down to the road, down the road to the dump and pulled in, praying, God, I hope nobody is here today. I just didn't want to deal with it. Well, uh, God answers prayers, but God answers prayers God's way, not ours. And I was disappointed. There was a man there. Uh, I pulled up my car and he was, I looked over at him, and he was taking other people's trash bags out of the dumpster. He would tear into the bag. He would sift through dirty diapers and pork chop bones, looking for those aluminum cans. When he found a can, he would toss it over on the ground into a pile and go back to digging through other people's garbage. Well, that broke my heart. But my answer to that, it hurt me, so my answer was to do my business as fast as I could and get out of there. So I threw my hatch up and I, I quickly tossed my bags over into the dumpster. This is the way we de deceive ourselves. I was proud of myself for at least throwing my bags in a different dumpster so none of it would hit him. I it was impressed with my own generosity because I didn't throw trash on the man. That's the way self-deception works in us. I finished throwing my last bags in, I slammed my hatchback shut, I got in my car, tore off in a cloud of dust to get away from the unpleasantness. But I was a pastor and, and a Christian, and so I figured I really ought to do something, so I prayed again. I prayed as I sped off in a cloud of dust. I said, God, would you please send somebody to help that man? And then in one of the times in my life when I have no doubt at all that God spoke to my heart, God said in a very clear voice in my heart, I did. I sent you. So that just made me speed out faster. I tore out. Man, I was under conviction. I headed home, and I tried to forget the whole thing. Broke my heart. But I wasn't willing to do anything about it. I was very much like that see that that thorny soil or that rocky soil. I, I believed what God said about the poor. I believed everything the Bible says about serving the poor and caring for the poor. But when coming face to face with a poor person, I ran away scared. That's what it feels like to be rocky soil. That's what it feels like to be choked out by thorns. Jesus goes on, some of the seed fell among the good soil. Now the good soil represents those people who, uh, uh, the way Jesus puts it, 
have heard and understand the word. These are people who have understanding. Now, the Greek word that Jesus uses there for understand is not about head knowledge only. Uh, understand in that verse means discerning and doing. The Greek word carries the meaning of both a head knowledge, but also a doing of what you know. And so Jesus says the people who, uh, the, Jesus says this good soul represents people who both discern and do the will of God. We might say they're the people who are not only informed, but also transformed. They know the word and they allow the word to change their lives. You see, that's what I was missing back at the dump. I was informed on the word, but I had not let it transform me yet. God gave me a second chance. As luck would have it, trash kept building up at the parsonage. Uh, that trip to the dump came around real regularly, no matter how badly I hated it. And sure enough, we did get trash again. And sure enough, I did have to go to the dump again. And I threw it in the, into my hatchback once again and sped off, this time really dreading it. And I was really praying all the way to the dump. This time, God, can it just be me? Nobody else there. And uh, I pulled in. And not only was there somebody there, it was the same man standing over by a dumpster, once again tearing into other people's trash bags. It was a moment of truth for me. Did I dare to live this word that I said I believed? I pulled up next to the dumpster where he was, threw, opened up my hatch, and this time much more slowly took out my own trash bags. Several of them because I had really been putting off this trip. This time I much more slowly took them. I walked over to the dumpster and I mimicked the gentleman who was standing on the other side. I tore into my own garbage bags and I threw out the dirty diapers, the pork chop bones, went past the leftover baked beans, and I found the aluminum cans for my own bag. I tossed him over into the other gentleman's pile, and we began a conversation. I talked with him, asked about how his day was. Bag after bag, I did that as we talked, as we shared in that odd moment of strange communion. I would like to be able to tell you that the end of the story is that the man's life was forever changed, and he accepted Christ and got baptized and got his own house. And I would like to, tell you, to give you a fairy tale ending, but I have none. I never met that man again either. But he changed my life. The opportunity transformed me, and I hope that he experienced some of the love of God in me. That Maybe it was a seed for him that would come to fruit later on. If we want to be good soul, we not only hear the word, we're not only exposed to it, but we are informed by it and transformed by it. Now, perhaps you can tell from my story that, that while the, the, different, the four types of soul might refer to different people, they might also refer to us at different times in our lives. I certainly know there are times in my life when the soul was harder and times when it was 
when it was better soil. In fact, I suspect maybe those four types of soil maybe even are present in different parts of our lives at any given time. I know certainly, even now, there are parts of my life that resemble that hard path more and parts that resemble the good soil more. So I think we're on a journey. But the good news again is that God keeps sowing. If we're not where we need to be yet, God just keeps sowing. He keeps throwing that seed out there until one day we finally get fully on board. That's the great hope that we have, that the good news keeps coming. God continues to give, and we continue to have the opportunity to receive. I pray that we will begin to allow God's word to transform us. Oh, and one more thing. God freely sows into our lives. Uh, whether we deserve it or not, God keeps sowing extravagantly into our lives. And so he calls us to also sow extravagantly into others' lives. We should constantly be passing on these blessings to all those around us. Not worried about whether they're going to receive it or what they're going to think about it or how long it's going to last. I pray that we will sow just as liberally as that farmer did. That everybody might have the opportunity freely we have received. Freely, God calls us to give. We are all going to be continually exposed to God's Word. I pray that we will allow God's Word to inform our minds and transform our actions so that together we all may be conformed to the image of Christ. Amen. Amen.